What's up, Bebo Geeks? Welcome back to another Feedback Friday, this week with an amazing guest. What's up, Chase? How's it going? Going on, man. How are you? Very good. Thanks for jumping on. Everyone should follow you on Twitter. It's a, it's a must-follow. Uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Awesome. No, I, I appreciate that and happy to be here. So I've been doing email now for about five and a half or six years. I actually started my first three years in terms of building community and building newsletters and whatnot. And the most recent three years have been specifically focused on working with e-commerce brands. So run an agency, we've got about 55 to 60 e-commerce brands as clients. Um, and we love email, we're obsessed with email, and we've gotten pretty good at it. So I'm, I'm pumped to be here, big fan of what you guys are building. This episode is sponsored by Netcore, not your old school transactional email platform. This is Email Reimagined. Welcome to Email Reinvented with the only email delivery platform that leverages AI to power deliverability and increased customer engagement. Schedule a demo with the link below. Well, you sent over uh, these few examples, I believe it's pronounced Way and yep. Maxbone. So I thought we could walk through this with your amazing expertise. Hopefully we can add a little feedback on this Feedback Friday episode. Awesome. I'll follow your leader. If you want me to lead, let me know. Great. I can jump right in. Um, so we don't usually cover sign-up forms on this series, but I just thought this one popped up, and I think you have some expertise on how to make them really good. So what are your thoughts on this initial pop-up form? For me, I don't know about for you, it loaded right away. I think that's a little bit too soon. Typically, we're, we're messing with time delays of, let's say, like four to six seconds or like a 25 to 30% page scroll. So I think one in terms of like the behavior giving people like the opportunity and like the chance to actually look at what's on the website, I think it's important. What, what are your thoughts on like the timing? Usually we try to gauge on how long people scroll or maybe like uh, pushing that sign up to a different, you know, part of the, maybe on a product page versus the initial sign up. Uh, but I do think it is pretty simple and clean making you sign up for email and text. I noticed uh, was an interesting feature to actually get that coupon code. But I think this 15% off is a pretty good way to grab people's attention, at least before they sign up. Yeah, I agree. I think 15% is, is a little bit on, I wouldn't say the high side, but higher than we're typically using, at least with our clients. Most of the time we're rolling with the 10%. So I think a 15% because you have to do the email and the SMS, I think that's attractive. And I think that hopefully will get people to actually enter their, their email, right? I um, mean, kind of what, what, what we see, like, right, the design, right, clean, minimalistic, whatnot, that's important. The cop is obviously important. Uh, we talked about the time delay, but the incentive itself really does, in my opinion, have a big you know, weight on whether someone gives you their email or not. Um, we have some data internally. We, we've also been looking at data from Privy. Um, people just saying, hey, enter your email for updates. That's really not that exciting, right? Typically, we're seeing like a one to 2% conversion on traffic to that. Whereas with some kind of offer, whether it's a dollar off or a percentage off or free shipping, we're seeing in the ballpark of about five to 10% of people actually giving us their email. And then the most recent one that we've been testing is more of like an enter to win. So enter to win our weekly or monthly drawing or giveaway, that's actually converting in the low teens. So I think them going with like a standard 15% off for text um, and email it is a good one. And also one other thing is for us, we've noticed that the order of which you ask for email or phone number matters. When you ask for the email first and then SMS second, we found that to be more successful than asking for a phone number first, email second. Do you have any thoughts or data on any of that? I think with e-commerce, it's a little bit different because people just want to really get that offer and move on with their day versus maybe more like a newsletter where you're potentially setting expectations um, or giving a teaser about what your content's going to be about. 
I think that's more of the focus that we've been on, but it's always interesting to see like people A-B test. Awesome. Uh, well, we can move right on to this first email example, the first welcome email right away once after you sign up. Uh, did you have any initial thoughts on this one? For me in this email, and I, I, get, I haven't gone through like the, the actual phone number part since I've given my phone number out to so many companies, my phone is kind of blown up at this point. But I think for me, it's like, where, where is the offer here, right? And maybe it was because I didn't enter my phone number that I didn't get one either, but I, I missed the, the offer, at least from what I saw in this email. So I think a lot of times people enter their email into the pop-up going to, um, with the intention, right? And going to their email to actually be able to redeem and, and use it. So for me, I think from like a conversion standpoint, that's probably a big missed opportunity. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like um, the goal of this welcome email is to drive traffic towards the site or yeah, like you're saying, highlight that offer that you just opted into. And this kind of feels like it's maybe leaving some money on the table where they're introducing you to the brand, but the next steps are a little bit unclear to me. It's a pretty long scroll. We have like all image email, which is kind of a bummer. You know, each section is clickable, but it's not super clear exactly where this is gonna go. Uh, they have this sort of social proof company endorsement area, but these are actually linking to these individual products. And that wasn't super clear to me initially when I looked at this. Yeah, I think, I think aesthetically, it, it looks nice, right? I think it really does look nice from like a brand, but I think the, even like some of the text, having that actually be like a text block and having the text actually be live and not just an image, I think would be a huge win. I think that is a, a missed opportunity as you kind of pointed out. And, and yeah, like other than this CTA at the bottom wall, those images are hyperlinked. I think people might kind of exit out, right? Because it's not really clear or obvious. So I think having some kind of call to action above the fold in this case would be kind of nice. One tip I think that I've heard you talk about before was the the remail on the welcome series. Yes. So to kind of elaborate on, on that. So for everything that we've seen, the first welcome email always drives the most engagement and also the most in revenue out of the entire welcome series. So we typically have four emails, email one, which is this email that we're looking at, typically will drive the most amount of revenue. And because it typically has the offer and some of these important information and whatnot, what we'll always do is we'll set a 24 hour um, timeline up or timer up that basically says if someone's open it, great, push them down to email two. However, if someone has not opened this email, change the subject line, send the exact same email to anyone that has not opened it. And we kind of see the conversion, the performance on that resend um, somewhere in between email one and email two in terms of you know, engagement and revenue. So the resend is not gonna do nearly as well as the first send, um, but it typically performs in, in between or more in line with what you'd expect the second email to perform. With something like that, I feel like this, even if I resent this welcome email, it might not you know, be super actionable um, so for me, I'd like to maybe highlight some bestsellers in this initial email or mention that discount or even play with uh, the from name to make it feel a little bit more personal. Uh, this just kind of feels like a promotional blast and it doesn't really feel like I'm being that like welcomed to this this new brand and, and learning a lot. So, Yeah, completely agree. And building off what you just said. So if we wanted to change the from name from, let's say, the founder or some kind of spokesperson, whether it's a community manager, support manager, we might even want to try like a plain text version for the resend, right? Make it feel really personal. Have it be pretty short and sweet. You know, hey, Matt, you know, thanks so much for signing up for our list yesterday. Um, you know, wanted to take a quick second to welcome you, introduce our brand, highlight some new products. 
Um, and by the way, here's the 15% off code that we promised you. You know, let us know if you have any questions, you know, whoever's going to sign off, right? So I think like the, the ability to have some resend be like a plain text or even just a shorter version of this with some live text, I think that's kind of a really great way to like, you know, untraditionally A-B test it, right? It's not a true A-B test because it's not going to be on the same first email, but I think it gives you an opportunity to see how something like that could perform. Yeah, and I agree. Keep testing your welcome email because like you said, that there's a lot of traffic going to that first send and it's really, you know, the first communication you have with the customer and sort of sets, sets the stage for the rest of the communications. Well, we can move right along to this more promotional style email. This is kind of a, a product announcement. And I thought this one was interesting because it is sort of like this wait list, almost like a tease release email. Um, and it, it kind of stood out to me just because I don't see a lot of brands maybe doing something like this. Yeah, I think this email, again, some of the same you know negative things, but I think from the positive side, I think this email in terms of like some of the copy and, and the imagery is really well done. Like that image we're looking at right under the fetch me the waitlist, like that's a really cool, fun, cute image, right? So, I mean, that's something that, you know, if, if this is a cool email, it's relevant. Like I might talk to my friend about or share, right? I think that's a really cool image. So I think the imagery and the assets they've used in the design and some of those things are, are, are really strong. But again, I think on the, the negative side, right? Like the all images, um, you know, making it a little bit more, I don't want to say pop because it does pop, but like, you know, leveraging, you know, gifts or, or things like that, making it a little bit more enticing, I think would be cool. I haven't really done a lot of the whole waitlist thing, but it would be interesting to see if, um, if you join this waitlist, maybe they send you like a sp special version of the next email for this one. Maybe if you don't have a pet, I I'm not sure if they don't send, you know, the, the, any additional promotional emails about this product, if they're sending it to their whole list or, if the waitlist is just a way to maybe build hype, but it's still interesting, I guess, to see. So the waitlist is definitely interesting. One thing that we've had a lot of success with brands that we've tried um, before a product drops, we'll typically do like, hey, just a heads up, product dropping tomorrow, you know, in three days, in a week, whatever it is. And we'll actually allow people to add it to their calendar. So there's a couple of apps out there. I think there's one called like Calendar Snack or 31 Bits. I can't remember the exact name, but there's a couple um, tools out there that I think are free you can actually have a link that allows people to add an event to their calendar. So not only are they going to get an email um, on when the you know, item is available for purchase or when the, the collection drops, but if they add it to their calendar and they opt in, and you can actually see the metrics in some of these apps of people that have received it, people that have opted in, people that have confirmed saying yes, that they're going to attend. Um, there's some really cool stuff that you could do there as well if, if you didn't want to do this whole sign up for a waitlist type thing. Uh, and this is the, the product launch email tied to to that initial signup. Um, so they're uh, launching this product. And I think like you said, you know, the copy is pretty interesting before. Um, as a positive is this nice copywriting, but I think on mobile especially, things start to get pretty small, which is why maybe having that live text or a more designed out template would be a benefit to this brand. 100% agree. Not too much else, but I think like, you also said some animation I think would be very nice in this brand. Um, specifically, I think, you know, some around like, you know, the, the down here where there, you might like lose interest, maybe bringing in some animation would catch your eye and, and bring you in a little bit more to this uh, product announcement. 
Ian, one thing that I wanted to share that's kind of related to the previous emails and any emails in general is um, our head of design at, at our company, she put together like this really cool, almost like audience kind of archetype or like depending on whether someone's Gen Z or millennial or, or kind of a, a boomer, she has like this way in which she teaches our team to kind of design for emails. But so I think it's really important to, to know your audience, right? So this brand way, I'm, I'm guessing they're probably, you know, targeting women or and girls that are probably between like maybe 18 to maybe they're early to mid thirties, right? Um, so designing for, for Gen Z and for, for millennials, right? Like for Gen Z, you know, she talks a lot about having mobile first design, right? A lot of us are opening it on our phone, having the messaging being like really direct, making sure that like the images are highly curated and really kind of on point, you know, playing to the fact that these audiences for Gen Z have a really short attention span. So making sure that the emails are concise and, and very clear um, and, and not too busy, right? And having kind of some creative call to action styles that prompts them to want to like, you know, have that intrigue and want to click through, right? So that's typically like how we design at our company for Gen Z based on how she's built it. And then millennials, I think it's also relevant and similar for, for this company that we're looking at. Again, mobile first design, I think is huge. Um, a lot of like the content, whether it's the copy and the design, making sure that it's like both aspirational as well as educational, right? So think about like companies like a way very aspirational then pairing it with companies that also teach you something and educate you something, whether it's about their specific product, whether it's about the environment, whether it's about a category and really kind of curating the experience and having, again, creative styles for the CTA. It's an interesting way to, of segmentation that maybe is something you can even try to capture at sign up or maybe a survey later on, but it is you know cool to see that maybe designing for those specific audiences or checking in and seeing, you know, who makes up your brand when it comes to uh, the age groups. Exactly. I think through your point, when you mentioned the pop-up, right, you're looking at like the analytics within Google um, analytics or whatever your analytics platform is, right? You're looking at how people engage with your website, how much time they score all your homepage, what they do. And to your point, if you want to send a, a survey out or even within certain ESPs, and that's just email service providers, right? So it's like Quavio, OmniSend, MailChimp, so on and so forth. There are ways to like survey and poll people within an email by clicking a single button, right? You could also ask people for gender or interest on a pop-up and those are typically called like a radio button. So there are so many ways that you can collect data on like who people are. I mean, certain ESPs as well, like Clavio, for example, they also even have like predictive analytics around gender. So I think the more that you can understand, you know, the group of people on your, your list, but also like the specific person on your list and you can design and curate content for the things that they care about, I mean, that's, that's the goal, right? That's, that's what brands are going to have to do in 2021 and be onward to win. Uh, well, moving along, this is a card abandoned email based on that product launch. So I know you've done a lot of work with abandoned cart, some experimenting, you know, how, how long you should wait before you send that uh, retention email, that abandoned cart email, making experiment with adding discounts further along if people are still not engaging. So what kind of tips do you have for abandoned cart emails and maybe... Any feedback on this one? Yeah, the, f the first one kind of talking about this in, in general is I, I want people to make sure that they understand in, in most cases on most ESPs, there's a difference between the abandoned cart and the abandoned checkout, right? Most people by default have what's called an abandoned cart if they're on Klaviyo and Shopify. But if you look at the trigger for it, it's actually started checkout. So I think just making sure that people understand that there's a difference between an abandoned cart, which takes the trigger of added to cart, and then abandoned checkout if people actually got through the entire process, they just left checkout. 
right? And, and why do people do that? They get distracted. They're waiting to see if you are going to send them the offer. Maybe you didn't have free shipping, those types of things, right? So I, I think it's really important to preface the fact that there are differences between the two. In terms of like a time delay, we're testing anywhere from about 30 minutes kind of on the early side, which is a little bit you know, more aggressive. So, so 30 minutes after someone adds to cart and then abandons it, or 30 minutes after someone starts to check out and then leaves, um, we're having success with that. And then with other brands, you know, more around like the two to four hour mark is working. So we'll typically run like an AB test where it's a 50% of traffic are going to receive a 30 minute time delay. And then the other 50% are going to receive a two hour time delay. Everything else is going to be the same. It's going to be the exact same subject line, the exact same copy. The only difference that we're testing is the time delay. So I think it's really important to, to test those types of things because different users, different companies, depending on what you're sending, will see a different result. But typically between that 30 to four hour period is kind of where we're, we're testing and where we're seeing success. Um, and then in terms of the content, yeah, typically like email one is kind of just a simple reminder. Here's what you've left at your card or here's what you left behind. And we're linking people to where they dropped off. So if they dropped off at the cart, um, there's no special link. You just have to have company name backslash cart. That's where you typically take people for where it shows finish shopping. Whereas with if people abandon checkout, you can actually drop them back out on the checkout window that shows their item or all their items. So email one could be something like this. You know, email two could be you know, something similar, maybe some different images, maybe some different text and whatnot. And then typically email three, if they don't convert, we'll, we'll go like with a, a plain text email from the founder or community person saying, hey, Matt, I noticed you know, our, my team sent you a few emails over the past couple of days. Wanted to see if you had any questions. Here's a 10% off discount code if you need anything. Also hit reply. I check and respond to all my emails. Um, let me know if I could help you, right? So typically what we'll, we'll do is just kind of a simple reminder. And then as time goes on, if people aren't converting, we'll try like an offer and kind of a plain text email to try to really loop them back in and take them from consideration into conversion. I feel like a lot of people actually expect these kinds of emails and maybe we'll postpone a purchase just waiting to see what a brand might send them. Um, so it's always cool to see brands sort of experimenting with those touch points and, you know, what it takes to actually make that sale. Connected to this brand is, is Maxbone, which uh, did a collaboration with Way. Um, so what do you think of this pop-up compared to the one that we previously saw? That, that one on, on mobile, right, I think is kind of a cool and unique experience, right? Like in some degrees, some people might say it's annoying because it takes over the entire window. But I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. Um, I, I like the fact that they're trying a, a dollar off. I think most people typically do a percentage off. So I'd, I'd be curious to know, like, have they tested a percentage off and they found more success? you know, with, with a dollar off, I think, right, dollars off, you know, depending on the price point of a product might make sense and it might seem like more um, versus, a, you know, a discount. So I think it's pretty clean. Like I like, I like the text. I like the, the background color. I like the, you know, the, the image asset that they use. So I think it's pretty interesting and well done. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it caught my eye a little bit more. I think that $10 off is definitely a, a good attention grabber. As you're seeing here, they're also using um, text and email sign up. The more people getting into SMS, you know, wanting to be on channels that people are interested in opting into if they want to receive communications on something like SMS where they want, you know, to be like a really true fan and learn about your products right away. I think you nailed the sentiment of how we're describing SMS to our clients. So we started offering SMS as a service maybe two months ago just because clients kept asking about it. And, you know, we were like, hey, we do retention, but we're only focused on email. So we kind of offered it now. And the way that we are positioning it with our clients that it really is this like VIP exclusive club 
for people that want that personal connection and want to know things first, right? It really is for like the VIPs that want to know when something's dropping. They want to know about the current events, right? And, it, and we are still trying to truthfully find out the right cadence of like, you know, you could send two, three, four, five emails a week, right? And it's pretty normal as long as the expectation was there, but you can't really send two, three, four, five texts a week, right? That's pretty, uh, you know, intrusive. So we're kind of thinking right now along the lines of like one text a week, maybe three texts a month is kind of like the sweet spot. And we're using it as a complimentary channel where the, the verbiage and the copy and the text is very similar to the emails, right? We're setting up the welcome series, the abandoned cards, some of those same types of things. And it's for those customers that really want to go one step further. And if a brand can support actually allowing people to respond, having that one-to-one communication, that one-to-one text with a consumer has actually been really huge for trying to get that sale, for building that bond and, and whatnot. Well, moving on to their welcome email, I really like this one. If you know, I, I like the use of you know big broad text right in the beginning. It does feel a little bit more welcoming. Uh, you know, thanking you for signing up. It's always great to thank your customers. And yeah, this one felt a little bit more clear to me. I, I kind of felt like this highlighted some of the the more offer side and let you know to you know get let you get to know the brand a little bit more and kind of set the stage for what emails you might get next. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I like, like the, as you mentioned, like the text kind of overlay over the images. I like the fact that they both have a product shot as well as kind of more of like a, a fun lifestyle shot, let's call it, um, right? They delivered the code that they promised. I think they could maybe bold the code within the email to make it stand out a little bit more, maybe even change like the font size slightly up. So, but I like I like the fact that it's it feels fun. It feels inviting. It feels warm, right? Like to, to me too, this email feels, you know, one step further than the last one we looked at from Way. Jumping into some of their uh, product released emails, this is the collaboration email they did. I think this one does a pretty good job on building hype. Uh, some of this white space feels like a little bit too much to me. It kind of feels yeah. like it's a little bit spacey, but I think it's a, a good call out too is maybe they're you know, thinking that most of their audience is on mobile and that's maybe why they're designing it. But this one I feel like just needs a little design help to really make it um, pop off. And I feel like this could definitely be a, a GIF, you know, showing yeah. these two images. So I think there are some small things that would make this one just a slightly better. I agree. I don't have a whole lot to add on the design side, but I really like from a, a standpoint, by the way, I, I should clarify, I don't work with these brands. I have no biases towards these brands. I, I really like this collaboration it, and collaborations in general. I think these types of brand partnerships collaboration are what kind of I'm calling giveaways 2.0, right? Traditionally, a giveaway for these two brands would be Hey, you know, enter to win, you know, our products, you know, wait a week or a month to find out. And you end up with a lot of like fluffy kind of people on your list, right? People that just want the free thing and they don't really care about actually buying. So I think when you do something like this and it's more of like a cross promotion and a partnership, this is a lot more conversion and sales oriented. So I, I, I like this a lot more than the, Hey, just do a giveaway. So I, that's more the point I want to comment on because I definitely agree with your design comments. And it's cool to see, you know, the overlap between these different brands and um, maybe them borrowing other parts of their audience. Um, so, it's, yeah, I think these partnership emails are uh, really cool to see. And we try to add some more to really good emails whenever we see them, we, just because I think there is they are kind of a newer thing. And, and doing them right and maybe not making them feel like you just sold your list to someone else and they're yeah. sort of doing a, um, a placement ad placement within your list. So I think these collaboration ones is a cool way to do that. Agreed. And this is the abandoned cart 
email for Maxbone. And I, I kind of like this one too. I think I like the language pulling in that, you know, dynamic image with the price, uh, adding some don't miss out, you know, urgency around that. I think this one is pretty good. Any, any comments on this one? I like this too. I think, right. Like in some of the times, like a lot of people try to like over engineer some of these emails. And I think sometimes like this, this is really simple and this is really plain, but I think it's effective, right? It keeps people focused on like returning to the cart. It clearly shows people what they've left behind. I mean, it has a little bit of urgency to what you mentioned. So I, I think a lot of people might look at this and think it's kind of boring, but I think that's actually why it's really good because it, it's just basic and simple and it should get the job done. Yeah. I like the little call out here to, you know, talk to uh, someone on the support team. That's nice. I guess they could also potentially try to show some related items if they want to, you know, make that purchase a little bit larger, you know, if you're not interested in this specific product, but this one is a, a pretty cool one, gets people back into the site, especially if they missed that purchase. And then this last one, I just thought it was a, a cool creative one. It's actually one of my favorite out of all the emails that we looked at, but I just thought this one looked really polished and I thought I would include it. It's more of a promotional ones, but they're, they're kind of grouping these items into these sets. And I think that's a, kind of a clever way to, to sell products. Yeah, like how they've grouped it. And I also think like the call to action is really clean. It's so simple, right? Just like with the other line, underline, I don't see a lot of that happening or most people are just using, um, you know, like a button or most people are just using like pretty plain text that looks blue. So I think the call to action is actually kind of unique and clever with how it is and it fits kind of perfectly. I, I like how the format repeats. They have limited stock here, which is cool to see, you know, adding some urgency there. And I think with some of these emails, there's maybe an opportunity for customer testimonials in these products. I'm sure they have some other emails that are going with that, but uh, yeah, I just like this one. I thought it was pretty clean and the, the design and, and palette overall was pretty nice to look at. Yeah, this is awesome. Good find. So do you have any other tips for e-commerce emails when we're wrapping this up? I think really the, the last thing I'll leave people with is like from a design standpoint, like really designing like with intention, I think is really the, the buzzword and really the thing that we talk a lot about at our agency. And just because an email is beautiful doesn't necessarily mean it's going to convert, right? So at the end of the day, like the goal is to build awareness, the goal is to build engagement in the bond, but it's also to generate revenue, right? So I think a lot of brands over index on revenue. I think a lot of brands over index on design. Um, so I think making sure that like your hero communicates a purpose, that there is some kind of narrative, that the call to actions are effective. I think those are kind of some of the things that we talk a lot about that I think are probably the last things I'd leave with here. Yeah, we get a lot of feedback, you know, on really good emails, you know, why is, is this really good? Is, is it high converting or does it just look nice? And I think we try to find a balance between that, but you'll never know until you go and test it with your list and, and test all these different things. And I think across this episode, there is so much stuff to optimize with with email and there's always an opportunity to try something new and learn something. Where can people find you online? Yeah, Twitter would be fantastic. My handle is uh, Ecom Chase Diamond and there's no A in Diamond. So Ecom Chase Diamond, no A in Diamond. Really appreciate you having me. Great. Well, have a great rest of your week. You too. Cheers. Cheers.